Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to the show. It is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook on this Thursday evening. Getting you ready for Thursday night football, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. Look, two teams that have had their struggles. One is feeling a little bit better about themselves than the other. We'll let you know more about this game throughout the whole course of the show. I'll share my thoughts for the entire game. I got to play on the spread. We got my better half momentarily, which we'll get into. Plus, always got to go over those top props with Prop Shelf in about 45 minutes. And I got a couple of props that I think could be a viable playing option for tonight as well. In between, though, it's Thursday, so we got our regular Josh Applebaum. since betting reporter will tell us all the market movements we've seen for this game, where it's open, why it's moved, and how the total's been affected as well. I'm sure he's got some strong thoughts on some other plays tonight, whether it's college basketball, hockey, NBA, or just looking further into the upcoming NFL slate. That'll be in 15 minutes with Josh. Half hour from now, the Steelers are playing, so of course we got to get host of the Pittsburgh City cast, Tim Benzon. It's been quite a while since we've had Tim on. I think the last time might have been before they were playing the Bears and that debacle of a game on prime time where the refs were uh, they were terrible and you didn't think they could get worse, but then we saw the Cowboys fiasco on Thanksgiving. Let's hope it's not a replication of that for tonight and the refs can be somewhat decent. But hey, it's always prime time, so something crazy is bound to happen. So excited to get into all of that with you for the next hour. Let's begin, though, just teeing up this game where the current odds are at Bet Rivers between the Vikings and the Steelers and Minnesota at home. They've consistently been the favorite it's just a matter of if they've been three or three and a half I know some spots open at four but consensus seemed to be about three and a half and right now you're still seeing Minnesota as a three and a half point favorite money line they're minus 177 but if you have faith in Pittsburgh plus 155 if you think the Steelers get the outright dub now this total's been taking a little bit of an impact to the under 45 and a half now down to 44 and a half, still shaded to the under minus 112. And honestly, we even saw this get to about 44, maybe even below that if I'm not mistaken. But the under has seemed to be the popular play. And I think if you're getting this at 44 or below, I think there's some value looking back on the total going over. But now at 44 and a half, I'm not as intrigued with it. But I could understand why the initial move to the under was put in place. I mean, you you have no Adam Thielen if you're the Vikings. Just overall, I mean, they're coming off that tough loss against Detroit. But really, I don't think the score, which Adam Burke did a fantastic job writing up for tonight's preview. Check it out, vcin.com slash subscribe. But really, if you look deep down in the numbers in that game, Minnesota had the better stats. They just couldn't execute as well in the red zone. And look, you know, it, it's a familiar opponent with the Lions. They were due at some point. Whatever it is, I, we got to eliminate the recency bias here. And you look at this Pittsburgh team, yes, they won. They beat a Ravens team that is completely depleted, but they're also coming off this emotional win that really came down to the wire. 
and they just, what, play their last three games on the road, whatever it is. I mean, or not on the road, but it's just such a short week for them, and they've just played so many quick games. I think it's three in 19 days was the number I was looking for. But the Steelers' defense, aside from that, is just banged up. So they're going to be probably a little bit fatigued coming into this game. And even looking a little bit further, too, you look at the Vikings. They're averaging six yards per play over the course of their last three games. Pittsburgh is only averaging five yards per play their last three games. This offense for Pittsburgh, as we know, revolves around Najee Harris. And if he can't get going well, then you got to rely on Big Ben. And that is completely up in the air on what performance you're going to get out of Ben Roethlisberger. And you just don't know because of how old he is, how immobile he is, and how inconsistent he may be. So it's tough to trust Big Ben in any game, and I think it's tough to trust him in this one as well. And I'm not saying that the Vikings are a trustworthy group. They're far from it, that's for sure. But I think they're the better team in this spot, getting a slight home field advantage on the short week, and they rank better than Pittsburgh in every DVOA category. Overall, Minnesota's 11th, Pittsburgh is 23rd offensively when you get into the thick of it uh, Minnesota is third with pass offense Pittsburgh's 20th run they're both pretty bad Minnesota's 29th Pittsburgh's 26th apparently Dalvin Cook has given it a go we'll see how that goes defensively overall Minnesota 17th Pittsburgh 27th against the pass DVOA defense Minnesota is 13th Pittsburgh is 25th against the run they're both bad Minnesota 29th Pittsburgh 24th but Minnesota is a team that should be better than their record indicates. We all know this. But I think they have the advantage in this game. And I laid three with Minnesota. There was a minus three for minus 118 out there, which I'm sure you can still get available. So, look, it could be a popular play. It seems like it's kind of split at this point. I know the initial move went to Pittsburgh. But at the end of the day, as gross as it may seem, I'm going to trust Kirk Cousins over Big Ben. I'm going to trust Minnesota at home over this unreliable Steelers team. So I'm laying three with Minnesota for the entire game. That's the play I got in terms of the spread. Let's look at the first half, though. Let's see if there's any different betting angles that we could pull the trigger on for the beginning stages of this game. Let's get right into it with my better half here on Rush Hour, where we take a look at the spread, money line, and total for all the primetime games and their first half. Starting with the first half, three-way money line. Steelers are plus 133 in this category. The Vikings minus 129. If you think they are tied up, 11-1 are the odds that you are receiving. Now, if you want to do the tie no bet for the first half where the tie isn't implemented, so if it pushes, you do get your money back, but not as good a value on each respective team. In this case, Pittsburgh plus 130, Minnesota minus 162. This season, Pittsburgh has not been great in the first half. 3-7-2 on the first half money line. Minnesota, on the other side, not too shabby. 7-4-1 on the first half money line. So if you do want to take a stab at it, maybe going with the first half three ways and so you're not laying minus 162, maybe going with the Vikings minus 129 to get off to the hot start could be the viable play. It's been most consistent this season for them. And again, Pittsburgh 3-7-2 on the first half money line. Now, you could always do the spread. It's a little bit dicier in the first half because you could get a 7-6 type of game or, you know, 9 to I don't know. You could get any weird scenario, especially with these teams for sure in the first half. But 1.5 is a spread. If you do want to lay it with Minnesota, it's minus 120. If you want to take it with Pittsburgh, minus 103. Look, if you're looking to bet the Vikings, just do money line, in my opinion, at this point. But if you did lay 1.5 with Minnesota in every single first half this year, they would be 7-5 and five ATS. 
Steelers catching a point and a half would be 5-7 and seven ATS. So look, uh, if you do want to take Pittsburgh, you're not sure outright. I know it's only a point and a half, but hey, maybe you take that direction. I still think, though, overall, Minnesota to be leading would probably be my top play heading into the second half. So would put at the top for those categories, Minnesota on the money line. Let's go total points in this first half, though. Could there be a lot of points in this game, or more specifically in the first half, because we know the total was trending downward. That doesn't mean it's necessarily correlated with the first half. 22.5 is the number set at Bet Rivers. Over is even money. Under, minus the buck, 20. Now, with the number set at 22 in the hook, Pittsburgh has only gone over that in four out of 12 first halves this season. We know their offense isn't dynamic, and their defense has its moments. Not the greatest, but will show up from time to time. Minnesota is a little bit different of a story. They have gone over 22.5 first-half points in 7 out of 12 games. All right, you're looking into the first-half stats. Minnesota is averaging 13.3 per, uh, points per first-half per game. And uh, Pittsburgh, excuse me, is only 8.2. Defensively, the Vikings allowing 12.4 first-half points per game. Pittsburgh. 10.6. So when you kind of cross it off, it evens out in a sense. But look, again, you know, to me, you look at this and you go, will Minnesota's defense finally step up or will Pittsburgh's offense be able to do enough because Minnesota's defense ain't that great? I have faith that Minnesota will get points. I'm just not so sure about Pittsburgh. That's why I'm a little bit cautious about betting this total points over 22 and a half for the first half. But let's look at those respective first half points. The Vikings are at 11 and a half. They have gone over that in 8 out of 12 games. Steelers, however, have held opponents under this mark in 8 out of 12 games. But what could be a little bit better with more ground to work upon, uh, the Steelers' first half points, 9 and a half, shaded to the over minus 124. It is shaded that way because the Vikings have allowed opponents over this mark in uh, 10 out of 12 games. The only two to stay under was the Lions when they were being the Lions. They only got six points, and then Dallas with Cooper Rush, even though they ended up losing that game. Cowboys only got three points in that first half. So you got to ask yourself, can you trust Pittsburgh? And if you can, then maybe over 9 and a half could be a good proposition. But if I'm looking at anything for the first half, at the top of my list, as I always like to throw out, it would probably be the Vikings to be leading heading into the second half. Now, that's not what I'm playing officially, but I always like to throw my strongest lean out for the first half if I don't have an actual play, and that would probably be it. But let me get you a play that I am that I am making. because I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit because we're always throwing out these kicking props with these kicking points, and I actually really like this one. And it's in as much as I rag on Minnesota and specifically their kickers, here I am trusting one of them tonight. Greg Joseph kicking point six and a half. Give me the over, baby. Minus one twenty-two for Greg Joseph. I'm probably gonna regret it. I hope I'm not going to, but Minnesota kickers, you know, they have a funny way of uh, not making them. But look, he's averaging eight kicking points per game. He's gone over six and a half kicking points in nine out of twelve games. Steelers have the fourth best red zone defense, only allowing opponents to get a touchdown in the red zone 50% of the time. Also, Pittsburgh's opponents on average are kicking over two field goals per game. Kickers against the Steelers averaging 8.3 points per game, and 9 out of 12 opposing kickers have gone over this mark against the Steelers. I get it. It doesn't mean the same thing's going to happen this game, but Greg Joseph and this Vikings offense, I think, will have enough opportunities. And because that Steelers defense is pretty solid in the red zone, you may get more points because of those field goal attempts. So I'm going Greg Joseph over 6.5 kicking points, minus 122. 
All right, really quick, like I always also tend to do, I want to throw out a couple anytime touchdown scoring props just to keep in mind. Uh, Friermuth, plus 220. He's tied for the most receiving touchdowns on the team with six. Vikings have allowed 21 passing touchdowns this season. Another one, K.J. Osborne, plus 275. He's got three receiving touchdowns this season, and you got no Thielen, who's their number one red zone target. So if you want some value, maybe consider those guys. For the official play, Joseph over his kicking points. Applebaum joining us next here on Rush Hour. Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or you just want to find some good value props. The guide drops December 13th, so make sure you get your copy ready today for only $19.99. You can get that at vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. The seats are filling up. Anticipation for Thursday night football. And someone else who's very excited for this game is VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, at Josh underscore insights on the tweets. All right, Josh, lay it down to us, my man. What have you seen movement-wise <laughs> For the spread and total for the Vikings and the Steelers. Short week for Pittsburgh, but maybe some love coming their way. Danny, it's great to be with you. Happy Thursday, my man. And by the way, Ohio just becoming the 31st state to legalize betting. So kind of your neck of the woods, Danny. And then also uh, Maryland today took the first legal bet as well. So uh, good things going on in the world of legalization. But Danny, kind of what I'm looking at here, uh, you know, a lot of these books open Minnesota laying three and a half. Some books even, even open around minus four. You saw a little early movement toward Pittsburgh. Line actually got down to three. We've seen some buyback here on Minnesota over the last 24 hours or so. Kind of coincided with the news that Dalvin Cook, who was expected to miss this game, is going to give it a go and should be good to play here. So a lot of those threes up to three and a half now. But the three and a half still is a little bit juiced toward that Pittsburgh side. And Danny, what we've seen all year are these primetime dogs do very, very well. I like Pittsburgh plus three and a half in this one. You match a ton of systems here, Danny. Number one, it's kind of a split ticket count. 51% of bets at BetMGM on Pittsburgh. So pretty much down the middle. And it's either stayed the same or kind of leaned toward Pittsburgh. It's never gotten a four. It's never really gone back that direction. But if you look at road dogs this year, Danny, 67 and 43 against the spread. This NFL season for road dogs, 61% ATS. If you're that uh, really good spot with short road dogs, plus seven or less. You're even better, 56 and 23 ATS, 71%. Primetime dogs are 24 and, and uh, 15 ATS this year, 62%. And also Mike Tomlin. This has been a good spot to sweat Mike Tomlin. He's 5 and 2 ATS as a dog this season, and he's 43 and 21 ATS, 67% in his career. So, Danny, it's really been dogs and unders cashing kind of all season. I'm looking at the Steelers here getting the hook. And it, I would lean a little under. I mean, unders have done very well this year just in general. They're 58%, but non-conference under 66%. You look at when the total is 45 or less, the under is 61%. And primetime unders, they're 58%, 22 and 16 this year. But if you look at really since the last, uh, if you kind of take away the month of September, 
These primetime unders are 20 and 8, 71%. This line opened around 44 and a half, 45, got down to 43 and a half. It's back up a little bit. I think if you can find a 45, that becomes a value play to the under for me. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I was like, I thought this total touched under 44 because I feel like at that point, and I know you talk about it a lot, like if it goes down enough and you miss the boat, then you're kind of having the value on the buyback. But over 44, you know, I probably wouldn't be touching it under if anything, but if it crept to that 43 and a half, which I doubt it will now, I think maybe you could take a little flyer on this going over, but it will be fascinating to see what kind of tempo we get out of both of these teams. Uh, Josh, sticking on football, and look, we're talking about tempo, and we know what tempo we're going to get out of this game, college football. How about the classic Navy and Army game? Everybody loves to bet this game, and more specifically, everybody loves to bet the under because they consistently cash. But it's at 35, and it's shaded to the under minus 118. The spread's at 7.5 in favor of Army. Uh, first, I just want to get your thoughts on this total. I mean, because everybody knows about it. Is it, like, almost too low and you just don't bet it? Or do you still see some value on betting this under? Yeah, so, Danny, it's kind of like Groundhog Day because, you know, every year this happens. Every year, Army plays Navy. It's a big Saturday afternoon game. Everyone wants to bet it. Uh, and every year, the total is super low. Every year, everyone's like, it's too low. It's got to go over. And every year, the under cashes. So it's just kind of funny uh, the way, you know, uh, public perception of this and the stats you're seeing out there. The last 15 matchups between Army and Navy, the under is 15-0. and 0. Now, there is a really good system that uh, kind of was one of the first systems that I was introduced to, Danny, when I got into the industry. It was Military Academy Unders. Anytime Army plays Navy, Navy plays Air Force, Army plays Air Force, that combination of teams, if you go back the last 15 years, the under in any of those matchups between military academy teams is 40 and 9. It's 82%. And why is that the case? Because they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball nonstop. The clock keeps going. The opponents kind of know that they're not going to throw it. So you can kind of just play that clock game with the clock getting chewed up every time. So, Danny, if you ask me, it's an underplay. I know this is maybe a public under, which is kind of rare because public likes to sweat overs. But the total open around 36 and a half. At one point, it got down to 34. You actually saw it tick up today. It's back up to around 34 and a half. Again, you find a 35. This is an underplay for me or nothing, Danny. Every year I see a lot of people want to buy loan go over, and maybe this is the year it does go over, but every single year it goes under. If something keeps happening all the time, Danny, I'm going to keep grinding it until it loses. This is a, a, a kind of a routine or uh, you know yearly annual tradition for me to go under Army-Navy. So I know I'm going to lose at some point, but I'll take the under 35 right now. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I hear you, my man. Any thoughts on this spread, or is it just mainly the total you were playing for this game? So a little movement to Navy, Danny, and I think that's the thing. With so much attention on the total, people aren't even really looking at the uh, you know the spread here. But you did see Army open up uh, laying about eight, or some books are even like eight and a half at the opener. It's now down to seven and a half. Looks like it's getting down to seven. Some movement there toward Navy. And again, we do see these tight games, generally speaking, but... Uh, Danny, it's like you can't order a, a cheeseburger at a, I don't know, a, you know, a, a fine dining restaurant. I can't take the spread in an Army-Navy matchup. I got to go total. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Josh. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit of basketball here. Let's start college hoops. Iowa, Iowa State. I know everybody in Iowa is going to be rushing to bet this game. And maybe on the Hawkeyes here, they're a four-and-a-half point favorite. This total's at 151. Are you agreeing with Iowa being the favorite here? Do you see value in Iowa State, or more so are you directing your attention to the total for this matchup? So, Danny, I think this is kind of the most fascinating game of the day for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you just cover up the names of the teams, look at the line movement, I think Iowa is taking in some sharp money. 
public is all over Iowa State. They're getting around two-thirds of bets, but yet Iowa opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and they're all the way up to minus five. At one point, they even got to minus five-and-a-half. So that's definitely fishy because, you know, Iowa State is at home. They're uh, they're ranked. They're undefeated. Iowa is unranked. So a lot of me is like, wow, there's a lot of sharp action coming in there on Iowa. But here's where I think when you're betting on sports, Danny, you got to use a little bit of intuition. I'm a guy who likes to really stick to the numbers, but I'm going to go the other way and take uh, Iowa State here. I really liked it when you could have gotten the five and a half. Now it's down to five, but uh, I jumped on the five and a half. And Danny, it wasn't a sharp play for me. It was a value play because if you sweat college basketball consistently on a daily basis, a couple of resources I love, Ken Palm and our guy, Greg Hoops Peterson. Uh, if you look at Ken Palm, he has uh, Iowa State losing by three. So if you're getting five and a half, five, that's value. But our guy, Greg Hoops, I don't know what what uh, who put what in Greg Hoops' cereal this morning, Danny, but his uh, numbers say that Iowa State should be favored by five points. Ooh. So I think in a tight game like this, sharp money early Iowa, you know, minus three and a half, minus three. But at this point, five and a half, five, I'll take the value play, not really a sharp play, but to, I'll take the points here with the Cyclones at home. Okay, fair enough. Josh, last topic here, NBA. Tell us about some of these totals going over, especially these shorter totals. We got about a minute or so, and I know there's a game that you're correlating it with tonight. Uh, what you got for us on the hardwood in the association? Yeah, so Danny, you and I know uh, Dave Tooley. Great job in the industry for VEASAN covering, you know, the odds and ends and how did favorites, dogs, overs, unders do. Dave's been on this since the start, but uh, really ticked, I kind of noticed it, and Dave really kind of reaffirmed it. But in the month of December, uh, Danny, the over in the NBA is 35 and 22, 61.4%. That's a complete flip from early in the year when unders were around 62%. So kind of with a little bit of regression here, we're seeing some more totals go over. There are two games actually that, that have some over sharp action tonight. Lakers Grizzlies total open 222 and a half been bet up to 223 and a half. Lakers are number two in pace. Memphis is 23rd in defense. You've seen both these teams trend over recently. Uh, the other one would be the Denver game, Nuggets and Spurs. That opened 214 and a half up to 215 and a half. Uh, and if you look at uh, the last nine games for the Nuggets, eight and one to the over. So again, overs are really crushing it right now. If you're looking for some over movement, over system matches, fast pace, maybe bad defense, a couple overs tonight, Lakers, Grizzlies, and Nuggets, Spurs. Boom. Love it, Josh. Always great work, great insight. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for giving us some here before Thursday night football and basketball and college hoops, too. It's always a fun time around this year. Right before Christmas, too, I know you get even more interested with those tournaments, and then we're getting into the full <laughs> swing of hockey and, and NBA, too. But, hey, and I know you didn't have too much hockey, so next week you and I will have to get into the nitty-gritty with the <laughs> puck, my friend. But until then, take care and best of luck with all your plays. Always a pleasure, Danny. And by the way, can your Blackhawks and my Bruins, can we get hot here a little bit? Can we turn the season around? Have a good night, Danny. We need it. We need it, man. Oh, I know the Bulls are hanging on by a thread. Everybody's getting COVID with the Bulls, the one bright spot in Chicago sports right now. So the Blackhawks, maybe look at the job done against the lowly Canadians right now. So we'll see if something can happen for that Chicago Blackhawks squad. But we'll keep the conversation going with Thursday Night Football. We're going to get the Steelers expert himself, Tim Benz, host of the Pittsburgh City Cast. What does he think of this overall game in terms of the spread in total? Do his Steelers have a chance to win it outright? And I know he's fishing for some player props in this game. So stick around. Tim Benz joining us next year on Rush Hour, all on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and New York. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts made available to you. And to get hooked up, five episodes a week, local sports betting content. And joining us now here on Rush Hour, the host of the Pittsburgh City Cast, it's Tim Benz, knows the team in and out and so much more. So we're pumped to get his insight on tonight's affair. And look, Tim, this line has gone anywhere from three and a half to three, but it seems to have settled at three and a half in most spots, including Bet Rivers. And this totals at 44 and a half. That's also been going back and forth. What's been your read on this game from the beginning of the week till now? It's not even so much the beginning of the week till now. It's been the beginning of the season till now, and there's uh, a split in my own mind. Like, I found myself struggling to pick the Steelers right week to week more than I ever have. But they are exactly where and who I thought they would be at the start of the season. Like, I jokingly, I think I said it with you too, said they'd be 8-8-1 because Mike Tomlin is contractually obligated to never have a losing season. <laughs> So in the first 17-game year, I just assumed that they would go 8-1. And, and lo and behold, they got the 1. I don't know if they'll get to the 8, but they got the 1. That might be the harder part, theoretically, to do. Uh, will they get to 8? I don't know. But I, from Jump Street, looked at this game, saw Thursday night, short week, road trip, after a Ravens game that they were probably going to need at the time. Win or lose, I thought, that is a loss against Minnesota, and I'm not letting myself go the other way on it. And then I see they're getting three and a half points. And then I see Minnesota lose to the Detroit Lions. And I see Dalvin Cook is playing with a harness, you know, and all this other stuff. And I've talked myself in that the Steelers are at least going to cover, and I just said on the air that they were going to win and I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to hate myself because it has laid out in front of me right now everything that I predicted back in August, and I can't even listen to myself. So I guess the logic to ignore my own logic is that the Vikings have injuries to the wrong guys. They're playing really bad. The Steelers, I think, can exploit them to a degree in areas where they can be exploited, and I think Pittsburgh wins a close, low-scoring, I think the under hits. I've got it at 22-20, but uh, I think the Steelers at least cover. Uh, Tim, it's about that time of the year where your own team just drives you crazy because you just don't know how to watch them. You don't know how to bet them, and that's what's happening for you at Pittsburgh right now. At least with us and the Bears, we can rely on the consistency of them being just dreadful. So at least we got that going for us. But uh, you still have some hope. The Pittsburgh Steelers are keeping you close enough to just get some hope, and hey, maybe they could get the job done tonight. Um, aside from the spread and the total, then, I know this is going to be a game filled with potential for player props. You were talking about it on your episode today for the City Cast. Let's discuss Najee Harris. Now, 71.5 is his rushing yards prop, and it's inflated naturally because, well, this Minnesota defense against the run is nothing great. And in order for the Steelers to typically be successful, you got to figure it filters through Harris. What do you think his ceiling is tonight against Minnesota? Yeah, I think he can go over that. I think he will go over that. Uh, I said, I don't know if there's 
a prop on average yards per carry, but he's only been above four and a half once, and that was against Denver. I think he goes above four and a half again tonight, and this is one of the few rush defenses in football that's worse than the Steelers this year. So I like Najee. We also have to keep in mind that Najee wasn't overtaxed or overused against the Ravens. They even got Benny Snell a few carries down the stretch, believe it or not. So I do like Najee going over. And then looking at some of these receivers, Jefferson's got a receiving yards prop of 94.5. You look at Deontay Johnson, he's at 80.5. Are these too high to bet, or do you still think because of how dominant these guys have been, the only way to play it would be to go over? Yeah, I want to go over on both of them because I think they're going to be target hogs. I think without stealing, you saw the direction that's going to go last week for Minnesota. And I think there's... um, a disparity coming with the Steelers that's mounted more and more just about every week, where it's more about Johnson being the guy instead of part of three or four, because Juju's gone, James Washington is technically still in Pittsburgh, although he's hardly ever used, and Chase Claypool is good for about six targets, and he'll catch three, and they'll be down the field, and they'll look better in the box score than what they were as far as materially affecting the game, so... Uh, I do like Deontay Johnson over 80. I'm leaning towards yes on Jefferson as well, but I don't feel quite as good about that one because the number is high. Uh, I just think it's a matter of how much Cook and Madison hold up in the run game, Cook because of his health and what Madison can do. Uh, although Matt Madison's been fine, so and, and the Steelers' run defense stinks, so I think that'll that'll affect Johnson or excuse me Jefferson more than where the ball is going for Kirk Cousins. I don't think it has anywhere else to go but to him. And then speaking of Kirk Cousins, you and I were kind of talking off air briefly, and you had some interest potentially in him to throw a pick. Now, if you want to bet that, you're actually getting some decent plus money on Kirk throwing an interception plus 128. If not, you're laying minus 167. Look, Kirk's been pretty solid. His stats are incredible. He hasn't thrown that many picks. The Vikings just can't get the job done. But could this be a game in prime time where he has struggled in the past that you could see him turning the ball over? Not just the primetime thing, I think the pressure element, too. T.J. Watt's on fire right now. Um, I think they can exploit the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings, and I think for as quickly as he likes to get rid of the ball, there's a difference between getting it out quick and getting it out hurried. Um, I think they can accelerate the clock on Cousins, like you talked about, the whole... There's something to this primetime thing with him, I believe. And then there's also sort of a do factor. I mean, they've got to have had some ball luck involved in him just throwing three interceptions. You know, the Steelers haven't been great at getting interceptions themselves. They've been a little bit better at it lately. Mink has had a few in a row. Uh, that's gotten people's eyeballs popping some. But, you know, this just might be more about T.J. Watt skipping a pass or, you know, hurrying him into a throw and him barely getting it across the line of scrimmage and it falls into the waiting arms of Cam Hayward or something like that. But... Um, you know, my, my broadcast partner of the pregame show, Dale Lolly, he said that's a good one to play, and I think he's right. Um, I, I think he's due, and I, I think we'll, we'll see a pick for the Steelers. All right, Tim, we got a few minutes remaining. I want to ask you your thoughts on another AFC North matchup that I got involved with at the beginning of the week, so I'm curious to see what you think. The Browns and the Ravens, a rematch from a couple weeks ago. Ravens off that emotional loss against your Steelers. Cleveland, they lost to the Ravens, got the bye week. Now they get them at home. The Browns laying two in the hook, total the short one at 43. Who comes out on top in this matchup? I like the Ravens. I'm not as panicked about them as a lot of other people are. 
Um, you know, I will say this. The, the one thing that really struck me in watching that game against the Steelers defense that's not good against the run is that the whole theory, and I espoused it on your show too, before all the injuries eventually mounted to the point that it was silly to even continue to suggest is that word that we always use about the Baltimore Ravens run game of infrastructure, the infrastructure of the run game could sustain injuries. Well, I don't think it, it's been proven that it couldn't sustain all of them because there's nothing special about Freeman. They want to use him more than Murray. That's clear. But their whole offense, for as much as it was when we talked earlier in the season about it being all Lamar, it is all Lamar squared. And that even goes to the run game. It's like token yardage for Freeman and the rush yards seem to be about what Lamar Jackson can get scrambling, as much as it is even him running by design anymore. At least that's what I saw against the Steelers. I think they're much like the rest of the AFC, kind of a couple bad games in a row, a couple good games in a row, kind of how it goes. Um, I, if it was a different team besides the Browns, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But I think the Ravens bounce back and get a win against Cleveland. Tim Benz, host of the Pittsburgh City Cast, giving us a nice preview not only for tonight with the Steelers and the Vikings, but looking ahead to another AFC North matchup with Baltimore and Cleveland. Tim, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the game, and hopefully things go good for you tonight, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting in touch. We'll talk again soon. You bet. As always, Tim Benz at Tim Benz PGH on the tweets. Great Pittsburgh content, not only with football, you got everything you got some hockey you've got some baseball to look forward to tim has got you covered but look speaking of the afc north just to run through them really quick those afc north odds as baltimore as the favorite still minus 150 but could there be some value on some other squads cincinnati it's plus 275 then you're getting the browns at plus 675 and then at the bottom well the steelers will see if they change after tonight i mean they're probably going to change regardless but they are 13 to 1 to come out on top of the AFC North. This division, man, I mean, look, you thought it was going to be a deeper one, but it's just been going so back and forth on who you can trust because, yeah, Baltimore should be the best team here, but those injuries are just killer, and we'll see what they're looking like toward the end of the season. Cincinnati, I feel like, is kind of playing back down to what we thought they were going to be, and look, Cleveland Baker Mayfield's got to figure it out, and it starts this week against Baltimore. Coming up next, it is time for Dandy's Dimes, my best bets, not only with the whole game, but with Prop Shelf, what are some key props that you can look into for tonight's Thursday night football matchup? We will touch on all of that. Stick around. Final segment, Rush Hour, coming up next. Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, BetRivers has added more and more same-game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. So download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combination. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-711-7. 1-888-532-3500. In Virginia, 
I will call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as Play Sugar House Void, where prohibited. All right, it is that time, folks. Welcome back to Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. We're getting ready for Thursday Night Football, and it's the final segment. So let's get in to some of the top props for this game with Prop Shelf slash Danny's Dimes, my best bets, involving props, and then, of course, just a recap of the plays that we do have for this game. But let's get into it with some of those top propositions that we can look forward to hopefully cashing for this game this evening. Starting off with the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen. His passing yards prop is kind of up anywhere from about 252.5 to 255.5. So uh, earlier in the day, I did his passing yards prop over 250.5. Uh, right now you're seeing his pass attempts, but his passing yards, 250.5 is the play that I did over earlier today. And if you always want to get involved with those bets as soon as possible, vsin.com slash subscribe. So in case those numbers move, you're able to jump in on it. But I would still play his passing yards prop to about 255 and a half, I guess would be the max, but there still is some 252 and a halfs out there. But with Kirk Cousins, now he's averaging 279 passing yards per game as of this point. Okay, and with the number at about 250 and a half, he's gone over this in seven out of 12 games. And even deeper into it now, it's not to say it's guaranteed that it's going to correlate for this game, but every game that the Vikings have won, he's gone over his passing yards prop of 250 and a half. So, uh, in those games specifically, actually, he's averaging over 320 passing yards per game. This Pittsburgh defense is nowhere near as good as they were last year. And even adding on to that, they're just incredibly injured. They rank 25th in DVOA pass defense, allowed 252 passing yards per game and, and over 10.5 yards per reception. So uh, you got to think that, especially with the injury to Dalvin Cook, now I know you got Madison, who's a solid back, but... I'm thinking that the Vikings will look to exploit the weakness of the Steelers' secondary, so I think you have a good chance of going with Kirk Cousins over his passing yards prop. Again, I played 250.5, and I would play that up to probably 255.5 is the highest I would do it. But ideally, you could get like maybe a 252 that I still saw out there if you do a little bit of shopping, so make sure you do your research. But Kirk Cousins over his passing yards prop tonight against the Steelers. Moving on to another quarterback, Big Ben in this game at Bet Rivers. His pass attempts prop 34 and a half. The overs minus a buck 30, and the under is even money. I was actually, and I, I don't like necessarily doing this and trusting Big Ben, but I laid the minus 130 for him to have more than 34 and a half pass attempts. On average, he's throwing 38 passes a game and you would think it would be a lot lower because you have Najee Harrison his arm's going to fall off at some point but that just hasn't been the case he's gone over 34 and a half pass attempts in 7 out of 11 games and just like we did with Kirk Cousins in the games they've won if you look at the games they've lost and the games they're trailing because I think that the Vikings are going to win this game that's why I'm saying it this way in the games that the Steelers have lost, he's actually averaging over 44.5 pass attempts per game. Incredible. I mean, you're trailing. you got to throw the ball, and I think that's what the nature of this game is going to present. Vikings, on average, are also getting thrown on 35 times per game. So I know you got to lay a little bit, but if you get his pass attempts at 34.5, I think playing that over for Big Ben is another viable prop option for tonight. So those are the two that I'm officially playing with the props. Big Ben over his pass attempts, Kirk Cousins over his passing yards prop. Let's kind of talk about these quarterbacks a little bit more, though, because I wanted to toss out some more that I think you should consider. Kirk Cousins and his pass attempts. 33.5 is this number, shaded to the over at Bet Rivers, minus 122. 
There was a 32 and a half out there earlier today, and as I was trying to pull the trigger on it to get it, it moved up. So unfortunately, I didn't get it, so I didn't play it. But I do still have a strong lean to him over 33 and a half because Kirk himself is averaging 37 pass attempts per game. He's gone over this mark in 9 out of 12 games. Again, if I'm thinking he's going over his passing yards, you're probably thinking that he's passing the ball a lot. But I just have a little bit more comfort with his passing yards and pass attempts. And look, the Steelers are getting thrown on right there at about 33 times per game. And we just saw we were doing with his passing yards. I mean, in the games that they have won, he's still averaging 38 pass attempts. Take that into account as much as you want. I just like to throw out extra information. But a strong lean to his overpass attempts. Didn't play it, but a strong lean in that direction. And then another one that you should maybe consider passing yards for Big Ben. We're kind of doing a flip-flop for each. 252.5 for Big Ben is his passing yards prop. Now, he's averaging 251 per game. He's gone over this mark in a majority, six games. But look, you know, when they're trailing, he's averaging 276 per game. And the Vikings are not bad in DVOA pass defense. They're ranked 13th, but they're allowing over 270 passing yards per game and 11.5 yards per reception. Seven out of 12 opposing quarterbacks against the Vikings have also gone over this prop mark. The thing that scares me is just having to rely on Big Ben. So that's why I'm doing his pass attempts instead of his actual yards because he could keep slinging it left and right. It doesn't matter if they're catching it, dropping it, whatever. But with his passing yards, you actually have to rely on him and the receivers to get you over that. And I trust that with Kirk Cousins and company more so than I do with Big Ben. So we'll lean to the passing yards over, but I think your best option for Big Ben is over his passing attempts. But that's what I got for the quarterbacks tonight. Let's talk a couple of receivers and their props this evening as well. Tyler Conklin, if you did a little bit of searching, and it still might be out there, most places are 3.5, but 4.5 was the highest number for Conklin. Over was about plus 115, under minus 145 for his receptions. And I think you would look under here if you're willing to lay this price and you still have that number. Now, he's only averaging four catches on five targets per game, and he's only gotten five or more catches in four out of 12 games this season. Steelers, on average, allowing opposing tight ends four and a half receptions for 48 receiving yards per game. But only two opposing tight ends have gone over four and a half receptions against the Steelers. And that was Darren Waller, who got five. And oddly enough, somehow Cole Komet got involved and got six. But I think Tyler Conklin, I get it. Adam Thielen's out. You would think that would open the door, and maybe it does. But I think 4.5 is a little bit too much. If it's at that number, consider playing that under. If it's at 3.5, you're probably staying away. Maybe if you want to still play him, look at his receiving yards under. Finally, Justin Jefferson. You would imagine he's going to have a big game, and he probably can and might do so. But there's also the thought process that maybe his number's a little bit inflated because of the absence of Adam Thielen, because it's a primetime game and everybody wants to hammer is over. Seven and a half with his receptions. Over, plus 106. Under, minus 137. Jefferson, on average, is getting six and a half receptions on nine targets per game. But he's only gone over seven and a half catches in five out of 12 games. And only three receivers have gone over seven and a half catches versus Pittsburgh. Cole Beasley had eight. Stephon Diggs had nine the same game. Otherwise, Keenan Allen was the only other receiver, and he got nine receptions. And look, the reason I'm not playing it is because, yes, Jefferson absolutely has the capability of going over this, and I'm backing Kirk Cousins on the passing yards prop, so I don't want to root against it. But if you're not doing anything with Kirk and you maybe want to take advantage of a number that may be a little bit too high, consider Jefferson under 7.5 receptions. Also, laying at minus 137 isn't ideal, 
but just wanted to throw that out there for something else that you could consider in terms of the props. Like I was saying, the two props that I am playing officially tonight, we're doing Kirk Cousins over his passing yards, 250 and a half, would play that up to about 255 and a half, and then Ben Roethlisberger over his passing attempts, 34 and a half, minus a buck 30 at Bet Rivers. Now, if you missed it earlier in the show, another unique prop that we always like to toss out here and there, but I am playing officially as well. We're going with Greg Joseph over his kicking point, six and a half, minus 122. I have to smile every time I say it because it's just, and as a Bears fan and, and knowing people who are Vikings fans, it's, it's hysterical to see how consistently bad these Minnesota kickers are. But Greg Joseph has actually been not too shabby this year. Yeah, there's been some blips here and there where he's missed some big kicks, but and I can make fun of it. You know, we have Thou Who Shall Not Be Named as Bears fans who missed a kick a couple years ago. But his kicking points over six and a half. He's gone over this in nine out of 12 games. And he's averaging eight kicking points per game. Steelers have a good red zone defense, fourth best in the league. That would mean if they get there, being Minnesota, more field goal attempts, more points. So look for Greg Joseph over six and a half kicking points. And then I know Josh Applebaum, Tim Benz, they're going against me. They're taking the points with Pittsburgh, albeit at three and a half. I lay three with Minnesota in this game. You're coming off an emotional game for Pittsburgh in a divisional spot. Short road week. What, three games in 19 days? I trust Kirk more than I do Big Ben. I get it. Cousins not great in prime time and pressure games also, but I just trust Minnesota a little bit more so here. I laid three with the Vikings minus 118, and then we had all those props for tonight. As always, best of luck if you tail with any of them. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully everything goes your way. We'll catch up again tomorrow here on Rush Hour with much more action getting you ready for the weekend. Until then, take care.